Hi, this is Tony Tolato, and this is Sci-Fi Talk, the podcast on how sci-fi, horror, fantasy, and comics help us explore our own humanity. Mythica is a fantasy series of films that have grown a fan following. Jake Storman played Dagon in the series and now steps behind the camera to direct a new film with the help of fans. We'll chat with him in a moment. And here is Jake Stroman stepping into the director's chair for a new Mythica film that the fans will be supporting. Mythica Stormbound. Just for to set people up, this actually, does this take place right after the events of Five? Although it might be a few years after, is that right? That's correct. So this will take place, uh, I don't think we've announced the exact number of years yet, but it will be um, a, a handful of years after the final movie in the previous series uh, took place. Mm-hmm. So how did this story come about, this particular one? I mean, it you had done five, and you were in some of those. <laughs> and <laughs> why go further? I mean, it ended, but obviously there were openings to go further. It's a good question. It it um it did. For those who hopefully people uh, listening have seen it or will be uh, encouraged to go watch it after this after this discussion. But but previously, uh, Mythica. For those who don't know, is a five movie high fantasy uh, film series. And um, it's funny because it was it was actually one of the very first things that I ever did as an actor. I've paid the bills as an actor for the past you know ten years or so now. So that's. That's the career. And, and Mythica was kind of the first thing, the first leading role that I had. And it ended up being these five movies, these kind of low budget fantasy movies that have have garnered a bit of a, a cult following and have played on Sci-Fi Channel all over the world for years now. And um, and it's really it's been amazing, actually, to see the reaction from fans. And, and part of me, I think, says that because I'm such a fantasy geek myself. I grew up playing D&D and Magic the Gathering and and all sorts of uh, tabletop RPGs and and video games and reading fantasy books and and the whole lot. So so I loved it. It was it remains some of the most fun I've had in my career. Um, but the final movie of that series did kind of again I don't want to spoil too much if people haven't seen it. But if you have, you know it wrapped up nicely and the good guys saved the day, which is nice to see at the end of a five film series. Uh, that being said, over the course of five movies a huge world was established um, with its own lore and canon and pantheon of, of deities and, and things like that. And so I was working with the creators of Mythica on a TV show that, that they created called The Outpost, which had four seasons on the CW uh, here in the US and again on Sci-Fi Channel around the world. And I don't know at what point, I don't know if it was their idea. You'd have to talk to them, unfortunately. I don't know if it was their idea kind of while we were shooting The Outpost or if it was when we finished. But at some point, somebody said, because fans have always said, will there be more Mythica? And we kind of said, no, you guys, this is, no, that was, that's done now. And it was really good fun. But no, you've seen the movies. They, they ended, they ended well. But people kept kind of coming back to it. And so I don't know if, if they finally said, hey, what if we did? What if we revisited that world because the story of our heroes is is over, but that world is so vast now that there's probably more to explore. And and so again, I don't know exactly at which point it became more real. But for me, a couple months ago, my friend Justin Partridge, who was a producer and writer on The Outpost, came to me and he said that he had this idea and he pitched it to Aerostorm and 
And they kind of, uh, you know, I think I think they were like, well, hold off for now. We're working on the outpost or seeing if that has a fifth season or, or whatever. I, again, I, I'm not sure of the exact timeline, but at, at a certain point, it became more real than not. And so they approached me. I, I had directed an episode of the outpost in our final season, and I think people were very happy with it. And they said, listen, you know, you know, the world of Mythica as well as anybody does. And, and we've seen you direct now. If we make this movie, would you want to direct it? I said, well, yeah, of course. And so that's where we're at. I'm sorry, that was like a 45-minute answer. No, no, uh, it's, it's cool. <laughs> but that's where we're at now. So now it's, it's again, it's, it's kind of day by day becoming more real than not, I would say. The first five movies were, were created with the help of Kickstarter campaigns and the fans who got behind them. Um, and this one, uh, well, I should say with the previous movies, they, they would put it on Kickstarter to help raise money for um, post-production and visual effects and things like that. And with this one, um, they're, they're doing a campaign up front. I think to kind of, I think it's really, it's, it's to test the waters as well to see if, if the people who are asking and kind of clamoring for another Mythica movie um, really do want to show up and, and buy it. So they're kind of using it as a form of pre-sales and to, to, you know, see the temperature of the water a little bit, which I think is very smart of them since we've been away from this world for so long. But if it gets funded, the plan is, you know, well, I shouldn't say the plan is. If, if the Kickstarter gets funded, we're making this movie. And I don't know where the rest of the budget is coming from. I'm, I'm assuming that Aerostorm uh, Entertainment, who's the production company who created Mythica and the Outpost, that they will secure the rest of those funds or put it up themselves, however they want to do that. But, but this is a very important uh kind of barometer what's happening right now and um and so it's exciting it's exciting to see people come back and say oh my gosh yes i've been waiting for more mythica i want to see this made and i and the support for me directing has been astounding as well so thank you um if anybody's listening to this uh and has reached out showing your support i so appreciate it there's more sci-fi talk so stay tuned here's more sci-fi talk with tony Tolado. So stepping into the director's chair, you had directed an episode of The Outpost, but this have, is a yeah. movie, so this is a little is. different. Uh, it's a it little is. longer and, and probably more shooting time. Maybe you get a week for an episode. This you might get maybe two or three weeks. So correct, I, yeah. When you do direct, do you are do you make a shot list or do you have storyboards? I, it, there's some effects I see in the other movies, so you probably need to have something visual to guide you a little bit. I, I do. Yeah. I, um, I actually went to, I attended university and, and my degree is all kind of behind the camera, which I, I did as a, you know, bright eyed and bushy tailed 19 year old kid thinking that I just wanted to work in this industry. I wanted to tell stories. I wanted to partake. And, and my thought process at the time being that there were probably more jobs available as a crew member than as an actor, knowing that I wanted to act. And then when I moved to LA, I, I enrolled in a, a very prestigious two-year acting course, and, and it all kind of fell into place. So I, I had formal training as a director and, and some work in editing and, and you know, gaffing and, and uh, everything like that. But on The Outpost, it was, my, it was for sure my directorial debut. So it was the first time I'd properly sat in that chair. And um, to do that for what was ultimately, you know, <laughs> global network television was a little daunting, but it was the same type of thing in that I knew that world, the world of the outpost, which is another fantasy show. I knew it so well at the time and I'd worked with our crew and it was, it was really great. But I also, I felt a lot of pressure and 
and love for that world. And I wanted to do it justice. So I was as prepared as you can possibly be. I did. I read my episodes script so many times and we made several changes that, you know, the way it was written initially, we didn't have enough time to shoot at all. Like it, it logistically, we wouldn't have been able to with the night shoots versus daytime shoots, interiors versus exteriors and things like that. So that was uh, some puzzle solving right off the bat. But I did, I had meticulous shot lists and storyboards that I went over with my DP and my first, um, my first AD. And we, we went in and we knew exactly what we needed. And many times there were, there were instances where in order to make our day, we'd have to, even being as prepared as we were, I had to improvise. And uh, one scene had two characters, uh, Janzo and Ren in, who's kind of an alchemist uh, in his workshop the previous shots and, and scenes that day had taken up so much time through nobody's fault. It was just how it went. I ended up kind of pivoting on the spot and we, we took down a wall and kept the camera set up from one direction only, which, which cut our, that whole scene in half, I would say, and let, you know, let us make our day. So there are always curveballs and things you need to kind of roll with the punches. But, um, but I do, I go in as prepared as I can and, and I read and reread and picture and, you know, what's the point of this scene? Where's this character at? And, I probably take quite an actor's approach as well from characterization and things like that, which might be why Aerostorm reached out to me on this without going into spoilers for this, this current Mythica movie. It's very, very character driven. So hopefully, hopefully I can, uh, I can deliver, but we'll see. It's, uh, it's going to be great. And again, I keep giving these long winded answers. I apologize. That's <laughs> yeah, Okay. As far as special effects, what's your approach to working with them and guiding your actors through them? Because I've seen in other movies like creatures and things that are running and jumping and, you know, the actor has to be, the eye line has to be right and and their reaction has to be right, that kind of thing. Sure, yeah. I'm fortunate to say that I've I've participated in many scenes like that as an actor from the actor's viewpoint, uh, which probably helps quite a bit. But when it comes to that, we, we try to have, you know, uh, an effects supervisor on, on set who I, I trust them entirely at that point. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. As far as getting reactions and, and necessary um, eye lines and things like that, I'm happy to help remind the actor and, and remind them what this creature looks like or what it might be if, if it's a creature effects heavy, heavy sequence. But for the most part, I, I 100% leave that to the professionals. And it becomes a very, I mean, every part of, of filmmaking is very synergistic. Everybody has to kind of work together oh, yeah. uh, or, it, or it doesn't happen. But, but also as a director, um, and again, I only have the one episode to draw on, but, but every chance I get, I'm a huge fan of practical effects. And maybe that's, you know, growing up in, in the 90s with 90s movies and action movies and things like that. Um, everything is so effects driven these days that if I can do something without a green screen or without a floating tennis ball or without something like mm -hmm. that and cheat it a little bit and have a practical part of a monster or, or, you know, if a spell is being cast to see a practical light being cast on the actor and kind of hide some of the particle effects of, of that spell that's being slung, you know, things like that. I'm all for that. And I do try to be mindful of that. And, and find creative, fun, cinematic ways of working around it. And again, I'm very early on the directing side of the career, but I'm not somebody who likes to just go in and say, oh, we, we have the capability of doing this, 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 and this, let's show it all. I like to keep it a little more intimate if I can and closer 
Um, and, and my plan is to do the same thing with this one. Mm-hmm. And I don't, again, I don't want to give away, are there creature effects? Are there spell effects? Are there right. uh, set extension effects? Um, trying to think of what other <laughs> type of effects there can be. That, I don't, that covers I don't a lot. Anything. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, a good, that's a good roster right there. But I can say that whatever there is, I'll do what I can to, to make it as believable as possible and not just go overboard with it. As far as your cast, I did see, I, I maybe in one of the other ones, Kevin Sorbo was in it. Is he going to be yeah. Is he going to He's not. He, spoiler alert, Kevin's character, Gojin Pai, he was a wizard and, and he died a, a very heroic death, but, but he was in the first few movies, I think the first four movies. Um, and so he, he uh, will not be returning. So his, his character is, is one for the history books now. And uh, well, can you tell us about who is in the cast? Well, <laughs> uh, part of it is, I, let's see, what, how, how do I phrase this? Anybody who's listening, again, I don't know when this is going to air, but this is being recorded at a time when uh, the Kickstarter campaign is ongoing, and so we're very much in pre-production right now. So there are a lot of meetings happening and a lot of chatter about who would we cast, who would be cool in this role, and there are a lot of logistical limitations in place um, this is still going to be considered a low-budget movie, especially for high fantasy. It's a, it's a going to be a movie with a lot of heart by fantasy fans for fantasy fans in a world that we've established is just that. But it means that we can't bring in a whole roster of heavy hitters unless they were willing to just <laughs> come have a good time. And I have a lot of friends who fit that description in this industry, but, uh, but you also don't want to exploit friends. You don't want to ask favors. Right. You know that that nature so because of that because we don't know necessarily that there is a movie yet uh you know this thing has to be funded before before the production company goes okay this is a worthwhile investment let's make this happen nothing can be locked in yet um i i would say that casting calls i would imagine casting calls will will be going out probably globally as they do with most of aerostorms things um but i do have a list and i'm sure the other producers as well have a list of names. Uh, my list is friends of mine, many of whom are very talented actors who I've worked with. Um, some are good friends who I haven't worked with, but would love to work with. Uh, some are, are actors and actresses who I know are just huge fantasy fans themselves, which I always think shows on screen. So there are a lot of names that are being tossed around. There are people that I have reached out to already. I can't say who. If they are willing and, and are interested, uh, and there's no pressure, of course, on their part, and it works with their schedules, I can promise that fans will be very, very excited by it. But, but these are things that are in their infancy right now, and we have to kind of take step by step. I yeah, can say sure. that my friend Matt Mercer, who played the antagonist, Zorlock, has agreed to uh, make a brief reappearance. Um, and he's, he's very well known now for his D&D uh, show Critical Role, and they have an Amazon spinoff, and a lot of, I mean, it's just a, it's a whole empire now, and I couldn't be more happy for him. He, he and his wife, Marisha, are just such wonderful, wonderful people. But he was very gracious and said, yeah, if you can make it work around my schedule, I would love to come back and see you and, and have you direct me, work with you as a director, which is very, very humbling. And, and even when you know somebody for <laughs> a decade, to have them just say that when they're so busy is, is such a just such a sweet gesture. So I can say that Matt Mercer as Zorlock, uh, as of now, will be making a, a reappearance. And I can't say in what capacity, uh, because that would affect storylines. But, um, but he's the only one that I can say for sure right now. 
Okay. Yeah. So essentially a lot of things are in its infancy, it sounds like. So special effects, houses, all that's going to be determined later, for example. Correct. Yeah. Once once we know for sure whether or not this is really moving forward, which is why it's so imperative that people who enjoy this movie um, go on and, and just simply pre-order the movie is the best thing you can do. Uh, and if you want more perks and, and, you know, swag and goodies on the Kickstarter campaign, they are more than available. Um, there's so many wonderful things and, and we're uh, constantly discussing new add-ons that people can can, you know, choose. But right now, the, the most crucial thing is in the next 20 days, uh, maybe less now, to finish our Kickstarter campaign so that we know there's enough interest uh, and that enough of the budget comes from that, that we say, okay, and I say we, but really it's Aerostorm. They're, they're gracious enough to bring me on board, but um, that, they, that they go, okay, this is, this is a solid plan. Let's do this. Let's bring the people another mythical movie. And once that happens, then it's full speed ahead. It's... Uh, then, then we really hit the ground running and we go, okay, these are the locations we've talked about. Let's scout them. Let's see what's going to work. These are the people we've talked about. Let's start reaching out to agents. These are, you know, let's release breakdowns. Let's start talking to our effects houses. What are we going to need? What, do, what can we start building right now? But un, until that happens, it's, it's hard to move forward, um, you know, yeah. in, in more than just a hypothetical sense. Yeah, I mean, where are we going to film, for example? You know, right. Do, do we do it outside the U.S., which might be cheaper, as opposed to inside, that kind of thing? So Yeah, exactly, exactly. And then so it you all, have to fly yeah. the people out there and that kind of thing if it's not in the U.S. and house them and feed them. So, you know, there's all kinds of logistics that, you know, that are, that are being, uh, you know, have to be planned yet before we actually see uh, exactly the film. Right. Yep, yes, but, sir. Uh, but, yeah, so... I, Obviously, uh, yeah, locations are not settled or anything like that. So it's still very, very early in the film itself. Beside yourself, any of the other, uh, you know, production people either saying they're interested or on board yet, or is it way too early for that too? Besides myself, as in uh, as a director, uh, like, veterans, I, yeah, like a like a director of photography, that kind of thing. I see what you're saying. Uh, that that also really depends on where we shoot. Um, DPs absolutely we can be can be brought out. Um, typically, the bulk of your crew is going to be local uh, for the most cost efficient. Um, so it does. It depends on you know um, as we start casting, where are the bulk of our actors from? Are they from the UK? Are they from Europe? Are they from the US? Um, what's going to make the most sense? Do we bring out producers, director, and DP somewhere else and then get a local crew and have a shorter flight for actors? Or do we, do we do a production closer to where the producers are? Um, you know, the first five Mythica movies were all shot in Utah. Do we do it in Utah where they kind of have go-to crew members that they've worked with and then bring actors yeah. out um, to there if, if it's shot there? Um, so there's a lot that, that needs to be determined. And it's one of those things that right now we're combing the script, we're going through, we're making little tweaks and, and we're saying, okay, it's, you know, it's one of the, it, we're, we're juggling a lot of plates right now because we say, okay, if, if it turns out this way, maybe this is a smarter move. However, if the campaign ends and our budget looks like this, and our time frame looks like this, then maybe this is the smarter move. So there are a lot of answers that are going to come to the forefront in the next couple of weeks. They're, and they're exciting answers. But uh, until then, the best thing that we can do and the only thing we can really do is 
try to plan for a number of forks in the road um, based on the script in front of us, which we are actively doing and is very exciting. And, and um, already things have changed and in a great way. So, so we're certainly not sitting around, <laughs> but uh, there's a lot to be done. But, but the things that you're asking about, the really exciting things, will start, I would say, in earnest in probably just under three weeks. So as far as the script itself, it sounds like it's mostly finished, but you're kind of just tweaking it a little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, the script is done. And like any script, it goes through drafts and revisions. Pitch deck is all done. The script is all done. And in fact, like I said, I've sent that to a couple friends of mine um, who are pretty heavy hitters in the industry, but but are just dear people. And I think... Um, if they were interested, I think I think people would be very very excited to have them on board. So that's the kind of thing that we we do want to do now, so that if there's interest, then we can really hit the ground running with them and start planning around their schedules and things like that. Stuff like that is being done, and and that can't be done without a completed script. So we've had the completed script and the pitch pack, uh, pitch deck, the pitch packet. You know, like I said, actively going over that, and that's in a really good place. But there are always little things, even on the day when you're filming, there are little things that you get to a location, oh, yeah. you hear the words out loud, you you see how much daylight do I have left? Are we going to have to change something? And you make revisions on the spot uh, for the sake of the story and for the sake of making your day. So there are always yeah. revisions happening, but but it's in a good place. Okay, All right. So it is on Kickstarter, and I think the as we record this, the last. Day is December 9th. So definitely at that point, you'll see where you are and hopefully things uh, move forward. So, good. yes, sir, that's that's correct. But it's, uh, I can say it's a very, very exciting movie and it's, it's been done with a lot of intent and a lot of, um, love given to the world that's been established. And so I think that's what actually really has amazed me in the script is the amount of, of love that's there for fans who already exist without losing people who are new to the world. Do you know what I mean? Um, which yeah. is a tough balance sometimes and, sure. and it doesn't feel gratuitous, but it's, it's, uh, it's done really well. And I'm very excited about, about that aspect. I have to say. All right. Well, thank you, Jake, for being on the podcast. It's Mythica Snowbound. Look for it on, um, on Kickstarter. There's also a video that I saw you might want to see where Jake is in and also the creators, and they talk about things, and uh, you know, you'll get some interesting information there too. So, uh, best of luck with this. Sounds interesting. Thank you so much, Tony. I really appreciate it, and thanks for having me on. My pleasure. All right, take care now. Thank you so much. You too. Look on Kickstarter for their page and check it out. This is Tony Tolado. <laughs>